How should logistics providers be preparing for a return to normal, whatever that means? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. As bad as the COVID-19 pandemic has been for people and the economy, the end of the crisis carries its own set of challenges. What will the world look like then? How can supply chains prepare for a recovery that's still hazy in terms of timing and degree? Today I'm speaking with Dave Cox, president of Polaris Transportation Group, about how logistics is getting ready for a world without masks, sheltering in place, and massive interruptions in supply lines, or so we hope. We'll look at how recovery will impact businesses, workers, transportation capacity, service quality, and especially the technology that will prove essential to our adjusting to the so-called new normal. Here is my conversation with Dave Cox. Dave Cox, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bob, for having me. So we're going to talk today about what companies should be doing now to prepare for the economy to get back to normal. And I put that word normal in quotes because no one knows what normal is going to look like if indeed it's going to be normal. But in any case, the idea that the economy might be recovering and that companies should prepare for that eventuality, I guess, first of all, I'd just like to ask your perception. Do you see a light at the end of this tunnel? Do you see things improving and signs of recovery even as we speak now. Thankfully, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. And and I would say from middle of last year, we have noticed increased demand for our services being a cross-border carrier. It's continued on into 2021, thankfully. And I envision stronger growth as we get more people inoculated and further into this year. Well, there's several elements I want to talk about in terms of what companies should be doing to prepare. And the first is maybe the most important, and that is people. Tell me what you think companies should be doing. Let's start with the people that companies currently employ. What should they be doing to retain their existing workforces, even as we're trying to (laughs) cling to our employees and our workforces until things get better? Got any tips for how companies should be proceeding right now with respect to existing labor? Absolutely. And I think this is a topical question for current state, but also we started doing some things differently pre-COVID. I would say this supply chain has typically been a very transactional business. And I I think in doing that, I think companies can kind of get lost in the sense they don't necessarily take care of their people when you're in a transactional world. That was very simply my company. We're very good to our people, but I think we were compliant where we needed to be. I've made a lot of investments in technology as well as investments in, in people to be to have better people processes where that people feel valued and are part of the team. They ultimately get help us make the decisions around our company. Is it too early to be in a hiring mode right now? Or are you looking at the possibility of adding people? And and if so, how would you go about doing that? Well, thankfully, through our investments in technology the last few years, we've actually been able to do more with less. I always strive to create careers from within. And again, we couldn't do this when we were in in the transactional mindset. Now we, we do a lot with robotic processing and artificial intelligence that have really freed up our human capital 
to be able to use the creative sides of their brain, which I think is the fun part of any job. And in doing so, we've been able to mentor and grow our talent to step into new positions throughout the company, some existing, some new positions. And I always look from within before I uh, look outside. What about work from home? I assume that you have a certain amount of your workforce working remotely. To what extent do you think that might be a permanent thing after the recovery? And how are you preparing for that if you do see it that way? Our mindset, I, I think it's just going to be a thing of the future, right? the current and the future. Uh, I'm content with it. 85% of my company works remote. We essentially created a digital trucking company within 36 hours of the start of covid I'm content. It's interesting. People have three mindsets. There's people that always want to work from home. There's people that thought they would like to work at home, but recognize the fact that they need that kind of interaction with people, that daily cadence that they miss when they're at home. And then there's some that didn't think they would like to work from home that have grown to like it. In my mind, I'm content to have our people work off-site. They'll come in when needed, of course, but it's just a thing of the future for sure. And to the extent that people do come back to the office, have you had to or are you planning to implement certain safety measures going forward, even after the pandemic is over, to prepare for the possibility of another? Will the office look different physically? Absolutely. Obviously, I think the importance of physical distancing will remain, I think, when people come back, because we will not need the same real estate in our buildings. I think it speaks to office setup and workflow, again, back in the transactional world, we'd have a lot of people sitting very, very close together, not a lot of desk space. That's changed. That's changed, and I imagine our entire work area is the importance we placed on real estate. And mm. distance. Going forward, as you do expand and as things get better and you are looking for new people from the outside, I know you're saying you develop them first from the inside, but I'm sure you'll also be looking to add from the outside as things go forward. What different skills do you think people might need in the new economy and with innovations happening in transportation and logistics today? Do you think the profile of an ideal hire for you will be in any way different than it has before? Yeah, for sure. I think in the past, I would look for subject matter experts, which were probably grounded with historical knowledge of a job. Emphasis that what we place these days is on certainly uh, technical ability and technical savvy. Even if their jobs are not in IT, you need to be able to communicate digitally, internally and externally with our customers. And again, I speak of developing people and developing careers in that. It's important that when you're doing that, it's also important to be a good team member, a good teammate. Sometimes I place more on a person's personality, Bob, versus Mm -hmm. uh, skill. We have talent that people can actually teach Polaris skills. To me, it's got to be a right fit. If if you're not the right fit, then you're probably not going to have a successful career with my company. Do you require, like some companies are going to be looking at more skills, though, in things like analytics and technological savvy? I assume to a certain extent you already require that of your workforce, but do you think that might be even more the case going forward? Absolutely. So, But I'm going to say this, it's yes and no. We have a digital factory, which is he- heavy into analyzing our data. We're big into analytics. We're big into predictive analytics. We're able to produce information that is user-friendly to someone that may not have a, a large understanding of analytics or how to go out and get, understand and interpret the data. So, yeah, again, tech savvy is important. Uh, a basic understanding of analytics, yes, but we're able to provide reports to help the individual kind of make real-time decisions for that day, that week, that month, etc. Everyone in this business talks about the need to attract the new generation of workers, get a younger workforce to come in and help you out. To what extent do you think younger 
job candidates are even aware of the possibilities in transportation and logistics management and, and what you do. Do you think there's a general knowledge out there? Do you think it needs to be more in order to get those people to, to show interest in working for a company like yours? Absolutely. I think our industry has done a poor job in promoting itself over the years, maybe partially because, again, I speak of transactional nature. It, 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 it truly was. You can have a great career in supply chain logistics. We need to do a better job promoting ourselves, whether you're on the finance side of supply chain, if you're on the logistics side, at all levels. It starts from being the the professional driver, because they certainly are professionals out there. It's the professional dock worker. They certainly are professionals out there. And at times, I don't think they always have been. You can be an executive in a supply chain company, and and I, I still think that maybe because historically our industry hasn't promoted itself well, it may be seen with a, a negative stigma. Do you have any concerns about if the economy does come back in a big way and returns to maybe like the levels of 2019 and thereabouts, and thereby giving us the same extremely low rates of unemployment, making it possibly difficult to find the right people for your company? Any concerns about that? And how might you address that if that turns out to be the case? Thankfully, we've always had a very low turnover at our company here. To combat that from any company's perspective, you got to treat your people the right way. And that goes beyond just money, of course. You need to pay what the market dictates out there. But people want to be respected. People want to know that they can come to a place where their opinion matters and that they have the ability to affect change. All these things have, have kind of been in our DNA since our inception. But again, it's something you need to work upon. We're very big on promoting our our vision and values within to our our current staff. We're obviously very big in promoting that to potentially new hires we bring in while we're doing the hiring process, certainly while we're doing the onboarding when they have been hired. But it's treating people the right way. Let's turn to the issue of technology, which is being touted as a big replacement in some ways for people and in other ways just a necessity these days as everybody talks about the move towards so-called digitization. Companies are going to have to prioritize their investments in various aspects of technology going forward. Where do you think the emphasis should be and what types of technology do you think might prove most valuable in helping your company and all all companies in this business succeed in the years ahead? Technology is paramount in our company. Four years ago, I made the decision to invest heavily into robotic processing automation, artificial intelligence, blockchain. And, and I did that not to be smarter than anyone else. I simply knew I needed this to, to grow my company into 2020 and beyond. Currently, our robotic processing and AI processes are handling every document within our company. As you can appreciate, when you go on a trip somewhere internationally, you have a passport. Seldom does any one shipment have one piece of paper. Investments in technology allowed us to scale our business and compete with larger supply chain competitors in North America. Organic growth quickly has become digitally enhanced overnight, stretching the global reach of our company. And that just moves kind of into the final thing, and and that is that companies realize as a result of this disruption just how easy it is for something to happen that could just throw all their plans into chaos. How do you think that companies are going to go forward after the pandemic with transportation planning? How will it be different because so much is unpredictable? How can companies prepare for the next big disruption, even as they're dealing with the demand of the moment going forward? I think for me, there's a couple different answers. If If I'm a distributor, manufacturer, I know that capacity is going to be tight 
for the foreseeable future as, as supply chains are uh, kind of reorientated, as more nearshoring comes back to Mexico, United States, and Canada. I think in the past that perhaps a shipper, a man- distributor, a manufacturer, what have you, might have been more price conscious versus relationship-based. You need to have relationships with your carriers and your providers so that you protect your capacity. From the carrier side, which of course I am on, it comes down to us understanding what capacity we have on a, a nightly, weekly, monthly basis. And again, the digitization I spoke of with the robotic processing and the AI allows us to see where we're at on an hourly, minute-by-minute basis. And this information, it's shaping our pricing decisions. We're into mm-hmm. a little bit of dynamic pricing based on capacity we have for the time of the day. So it becomes an execution type thing where planning becomes translated into execution very quickly, I guess, right? Absolutely. We have to be efficient. We cannot be running up and down the road when capacity is tight out there with any empty space. We have to make sure we're utilizing every ounce. Do you see the driver shortages continuing to impact operations going forward nationwide? Absolutely. Because capacity is tight right now, it's here to stay, to be honest with you. Driver shortage is a, is a big thing. And when, when obviously we have a shortage now, shippers, manufacturers, distributors are competing for what equipment is out there. From a carrier perspective, again, it goes back to treating people the right way, treat your drivers the right way, make sure you treat them as a professional because they are. So you think, or with any luck, that companies going forward as a result of experiencing this pandemic may be wiser in the future about how they operate, how they respond to the next disruption, how they deal with an increase in in business and the economy. You think they've learned their lessons? I think we've all learned important lessons. I think we have to be mindful of the fact that history and the way we typically run our businesses in the past yeah, that's something to be appreciated. But understanding what we've just gone through, what we're still going through, and where we're going in the future, efficiencies, everything, we can't take for granted of what we have because it may not be here tomorrow. Dave Cox, Polaris Transportation Group, I want to thank you so much for speaking with me today about how companies can prepare for a return of a good economy or a strong economy and uh, what they need to be thinking about going forward. Thanks very much for being with me today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That was my conversation with Dave Cox of Polaris Transportation Group, talking about the logistics and transportation landscape post-pandemic. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.